And welcome, everybody, to episode 80 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today, we have the big three. We have Keegan Thompson and Aiden Haller. Keegan, how are you doing today, man? Sean, I'm doing good. Football is upon us. The Jets play a primetime football game in less than six days from now. I've wrapped up all my final fantasy drafts. We've got a shootout scheduled for Thursday. I didn't draft Travis Kelsey in any of my redraft leagues, so I'm feeling good. Aiden? I am doing good. We are two sleeps away, as Keegan mentioned, from the season kicking off. So it feels like we have just been talking, talking, talking for months about this hypothetical fancy season, and we are finally kicking off. So one more draft tomorrow. Um, I'm fired up, but man, I am, I am ready to kick off this NFL season. We are a day away from the NFL season starting. We have a Travis Kelsey injury we have to sort through. No, Noah Gray should not be someone you're starting this week. We're just <laughs> going to throw that out there right now. Save that question uh, for yourself. That's a rhetorical question. I think uh, this is a big moment for the show, actually. I, um, we, have, uh, we, we post a lot of this stuff on Spotify, and I get a notification saying, congratulations on your one-year anniversary. So yeah. the first episode came out a year ago, which is pretty nuts. It was just me. Keegan hopped on after two or three episodes. Aiden jumped in halfway through. 80 down. Here's to another 80 more. Another year. Very, very exciting time for the regression of the mean team. I'll just that throw is that awesome. Very, mean very cool. Stand up. Mean team stand up. On today's episode, bold predictions. Bold predictions last year on the episode, I said that Kyle Pitts would outscore Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I had a claim that A.J. Dillon was flat out better than Aaron Jones. I said that Trey Lance would score 10 rushing touchdowns. That was what Man. we uh, procured <laughs> last year for bold predictions. We have a segment in season called Milk Was a Bad Choice where we get to air out some of our worst takes, worst decisions throughout the season. I am very excited to air out some of these takes that we will have in this segment of Milk Was a Bad Choice. Here's how this works. We've each probably got three or five bold predictions. We might go rapid fire at the end of the episode. Um, we believe only the takes that will come true. That's how this works. If, if it doesn't come true, then it's just a bold dart throw. If it comes true, we thought it all along 100%. Right, fellas? That's, that's how we're doing this on today's episode? Yeah, we, kinda, one foot in, one foot out on these ones. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're going to start with hot takes, and then we're going to make our way down to deranged takes. So that's the plan. Um, none of these are probably going to make sense in order. I have a couple flip-flop takes that I couldn't decide on, so it, I think it's going to be a great time when we get to the deranged part of the segment here. But before diving in, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best ball on Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Just draft your team and that's it. No waivers, trades, or weekly start-sit decisions. Underdog will automatically play your best players at each position every week. Sign up today for promo code RTM to receive a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. If you don't want to draft a team because the season starts tomorrow, well, guess what? They have a bunch of other games that you can play. They have weekly pick'em lobbies, which essentially is like high or lower, where you pick multiple different players and whether they go higher or lower on a specific prop, receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, fantasy points, etc. There's a lot of action that you can have right now in Underdog. We're going to be previewing some of our favorite pick'em opportunities later in the week. We actually are going to do week 1 preview. That's nuts. Aiden, welcome to the in-season life. Yeah, uh, it's it's a grind, but we're happy to have you on. We can cover more games now, which is quite exciting. I yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited to get some in-season action with the fellas as part of the team. Well, we're very excited. This is almost like Christmas. Um, it's it's a very big deal for the three of us, considering that you know we've been covering this in the dog days of the year. We were doing episodes in March talking about Rashad Penny. Okay, so this is this is where we're at. This we we've officially made it here. So we're gonna kick things off with our bold predictions. Keegan, why don't you kick things off here? What is one of your uh, hotter bold predictions? Uh, if you've been following the pod and if you've been listening to me, there is a particular wide receiver that I am incredibly high on this year. He happens to play in the city that I live in, and his name is Mike Williams. And my bold take for Mike Williams this year is he will play a healthy 17 games this year 
and be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver in points per game. I've gone on and on about the new offense, Kellen Moore. I don't need to revisit that. Deep threat ability from Big Mike, a higher A dot from Justin Herbert, more plays because he's going to play all 17 games. He's 100% playing all 17 games and he will not get injured this year. And he's going to make the leap into that top 10 fantasy wide receiver spot in a points per game basis. Last year, did some did some poking around to some some researching. This is a minimum of eight games played and a minimum of 75 targets. He was 22nd in points per game with about 13.6 points per game. To be number 10, he'd need about 17 points per game. I think that's totally doable. If he stays healthy, and I mean actually healthy and not like goes out after a drive during a game, plays all 17, I think top 10 points per game is absolutely in his range. You love Mike Williams, so That's his I chunk. can't say that comes out of surprise. Um, so I, I I agree with like the conditional part of the take. I think <laughs> if Mike Williams plays all 17, he absolutely has the talent, and that scheme could propel him to be top 10, but the first part is the one that I'm worried about. Obviously, I know <laughs> That's I've, why it's I've kind of been... I've been putting a damper on it, but no, I love that. I think Mike Williams um, absolutely has the chance to explode in that offense this year. So, no, I love that for you, Keegan. I love that journey for you. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say no. I think if Mike Williams plays a whole year, like we saw that what six week stretch to open up 2021, where he was the number one receiver in fantasy. So I think that ceiling outcomes is definitely within his range. Um, I don't know if he'll do it, but I, I think that's a good, bold prediction. I like that. It's sticking true to who you are. Um, I have one that's semi-related to the Chargers, and it has something to do with Kellen Moore. Um, I think Dak Prescott's going to have a better season than Justin Herbert. There it is. That's my bold no. prediction. I think that Mike McCarthy is going to be an upgrade in play calling and point scoring over Kellen Moore. And I believe that Dak Prescott is going to set a career year over Justin Herbert. That's a bold prediction. I think cutting things off in a hot take here. Um, again, I do not believe this if it doesn't come true. If it comes true, I absolutely own this. I believe this. Where does this take really come from? I think we're all excited about the Kellen Moore offense. I think we're all excited for the fact they're going to run a ton of plays. I think we're excited that the Chargers are going to hit more explosives. But... I'm sorry, it's not like he's the best play caller in the world, and it's not like the Chargers weren't running a shit ton of plays. They ran like the third most plays in the NFL last season. They played at a high rate. They just didn't have a lot of explosives. I think that had more to do with injuries than it had to do with play calling. And the last time Mark Mike McCarthy was an offensive coordinator, the, the Packers passed the shit out of the ball. Dak Prescott's playing behind one of the best offensive lines in football. They bring in Brandon Cooks. They've removed, you know, 200 plus non-explosive touches from Ezekiel Elliott, and that's going to Tony Pollard to some extent. I just think this offense is explosive. It's going to score a shit ton of points. They play in a tough division. They're going to be a ton of shootouts. I think Dak's got something to prove, and I think this is the best year of Dak's career, and he has a better season than Justin Herbert. So I know that's a scorcher, but that's kind of where I'm at. That's a bold prediction. I think it's, it's I can't believe that's one of my lighter predictions here. But that's, that is that's, much bolder than my first take, for so sure. So it gets that's, crazier than this? That, that oh, is your crazier. least crazy take. Oh, it gets way crazier here. Oh, man. Yeah. I I don't know if I added enough spice to my bold takes, but we'll, yeah, we'll get around to mine later. Okay, yeah. One I, of my just, like, baby hot takes that I was just going to rapid fire at the end was Justin Herbert's going to lead the league in passing yards. <laughs> yes, so, yes. I love hey, so <laughs> I love it. My, my last rapid fire uh, hot take since we're all doing this is Justin Herbert throws for 45 touchdowns. Yeah, I was like, I think Justin Herbert goes <laughs> fucking that's on my list. I almost said he breaks the single season passing take. record. Okay, that's a bold take. But that's not a bold take because everyone's saying Herbert's going to go off. But what yours if is, yeah, Kellen yours is Moore, what if Kellen Moore isn't as good a play caller and the but Chargers saying, what aren't if it was as Kellen? good a team? What, what if Kellen was the problem? What? No, I'm not saying he was the problem because I think he's a good play caller and he's a good play designer, but I'm just... What has Kellen Moore done? I know they've had good offenses, but it was that a you know was that because he had Dak Prescott and an incredible offensive line? I don't know. We're gonna see, but I'm just saying. I like it. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. That's on on the uh, on the anointing the Chargers offense is where I'm coming from here. But I, I I want all the Chargers I can get in fantasy. So again, it's more of just a bold prediction in that sense. All Aiden, right. what's uh what's your first uh, non mini yep. take here? So we're gonna stay in the AFC West. It is actually. The contrary to Keegan's, uh, to some degree. And this is a guy who is pretty accustomed to being a top five, top ten wide receiver. 
uh, over his career. And I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think Devontae Adams finishes outside of the top 10 wide receivers in fantasy for the first year since 2019, where he was the wide receiver 23. Granted, he did miss four games. I just think things are not set up for Devontae to have a great year with Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of his strengths are those kind of perimeter balls and deeper stuff down the field, which, as we know, is really not Jimmy's strong suit. So I think it would take a ton of volume in the short and intermediate stuff for Devontae to hit that top 10, um, especially with some of the younger wide receivers around him that I think are going after him. Like Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Like I'm taking those guys over Devontae personally this year. I know that's spicy as well, but I just think those guys have so much more upside in terms of fully stretching the field and a full route tree. You look at Devontae the last three years, he's been wide receiver three, two, and one that order the last three years so you know he's he's not accustomed to being outside of this range but i'm just not a believer this has pretty much been a guy that i'm not drafting at all in redraft i think i've got some shares of him in best ball but his situation just doesn't scream a ton of confidence to me and for that reason Devonte adams will not be finishing as a for that reason receiver. i'm out i'm out so i'm i'm out on tay i'm out on tay simple as that I, I think it's crazy to fade him, and then I look at all my best ball teams, and I look at all my redraft teams, and it's like, Where is where's it? Tay? <laughs> he's, he's, you're not going to find him. It's like uh, Magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here. Um, I'm going to be here. I, I don't find myself drafting a ton of them. I was going through some fantasy points data today, though, and my goodness, the Raiders ran a shit ton of plays last year. He, he might be good enough and efficient enough, even though he's not going to score 14 touchdowns and he's not going to hit on, like, nine deep touchdowns. Like, that's not going to happen. But they might just run enough plays and have enough pass attempts that he he might be able to fall into the top 10. But I, I think the funniest thing is, like, I'm drafting Garrett Wilson. He could be, you know, Devontae Adams to Aaron Rodgers in New York. <laughs> exactly. Well, you Draft could just Devontae have Adams. Deontay Adams. But I think that's the state of fantasy football here now where it's like, it's like age 30 receiver. It's like, I'm good. It's like the Leo meme for 26-year-olds for, for running backs. <laughs> so I, I I think it's a good one. I'm, I don't find myself drafting a ton of Tay. Let's turn it up a notch, Keegan. What do you uh, what do you got for us next on your uh, number two spicy take? I don't know if this is spicy, but maybe cra- crazy might be a better term. But, um, but hear me out. Eric Bieniemy in his last – Three years or shit. Three years, four years actually in Kansas City. His running backs have totaled 107 targets in 2022. In 2021, they totaled 105 targets. In 2020, they totaled 108 targets. And in 2019, the running backs targeted at 106 times in Kansas City. This year, Antonio Gibson gets at least 90 targets and catches the ball 70 times en route to like a top 15 RB finish. I mean, he's he's had top 12 finishes before, so we know it's in his range of outcomes. Yep. He, you're sipping – I mean, we're sipping the Kool-Aid on on uh, Antonio Gibson. Aiden Very. is a believer. I am all in on him. <laughs> My redraft teams are littered with Antonio Gibson. I I think your projections are maybe like a little high, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Like if you think about 90 targets over the course of a 17-game season, that's really not that many on a weekly basis, so – no, you could you can talk me into that one. It it's hard for sure. Like we like, but we all might just get hurt again by Antonio Gibson. I'm not sure. But okay, he's a ninth round pick, so he can't hurt us that bad, right? This he's season, cheap. he's cheap. And okay, so do we think that the Commanders are going to have an excellent defense? I don't know. They have some first round draft it's, capital. They have a good it, defensive it, line. Yeah, but it's good. It's how good. many points are they giving up? And then also, McLaurin's already hurt, right? So if McLaurin's missing time, you're going to see Gibson. You're going to see these running backs because Brian Robinson's already gotten a decent amount of targets in the preseason, but you're going to see these running backs get targeted a bunch if McLaurin misses time because you're just going to need secondary playmakers behind Dotson. So I think that's a good take. Um, I, I love how Keegan's are very actionable. Like for, Mike for Williams record, is going to play is going to play <laughs> a full full 17 games and be a top 12 play. He's very like because my take is just like nonsense garbage. Like my second take is. Jameer Gibbs outscores B. John Robinson. Wow. I can't Fuck, believe I, I said it. I've got a related take, but keep going. Oh, okay. I, okay. So, okay. I also have a Jameer take, and I almost <laughs> did that exact same one. But okay. mine is, mine's, a, no. Yeah. I'll keep going on yours, okay, and then I want to so, build off of it. 
everyone loves to say Bijan Robinson got drafted to a team with one of the best run offenses in football, with one of the best O lines in football, with one of the best run designers in football. And he's playing in an offense where he's going to see a ton of targets, and he went seventh overall. Now, what if I told you, <laughs> you there was another guy in the draft that went five picks later that plays just a good <laughs> offensive line, that has just a bad defense, that could be in a timeshare almost as much as Bijan is? Like, are, are we like completely better sure? Better offensive coordinator. And the thing that we're really missing here is that the BMI is off. Jameer Gibbs weighs 199 pounds. Bijan's built like a tank. And that's really one of the main differences here in terms of their profile, right? And that's why Bijan has this larger projectable volume. However, I mean, this makes me a little scared to make this prediction because they're already talking about him running deep pat, deep, deep shots with Jameer Gibbs. That doesn't sound like a good way to run your offense. No, I know he's a dynamic guy. What if we just gave him... You know, 15 carries. How about that? That'd probably be better for fantasy, right? <laughs> and uh, running it by uh, deep shots. That's how you know the Lions' offense might be a little fucked if uh, if that's if their Jameer Gibbs is their deep ride receiver. But I mean, they might be in a position where this guy is clearly the second best player in their offense, and they need to just feature him like crazy, right? And and you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum with the Falcons. It's like a lot of mouths to feed. Maybe not a ton of plays. They're gonna run a really slow slow offense. Like, is Bijan, what's the split going to be with Tyler Algier? Like, I've got another Bijan take later in the episode that I'll talk about. But, like, there are a lot of question marks. I could easily see Bijan crushing Gibbs. But at the same time, are their setups really that much different? Like, really that much different? Man. that's it. It's funny you say that because I almost did the exact same take. Mine's a little different here. And I think Jameer Gibbs leads all running backs in receptions this year and finishes as a top six wide receiver in PPR formats. Top I'm six glad you running back. Top in six running back in PPR formats. I love it. I'm, I'm glad that. you said that because in leading in targets, like but for my Antonio Gibson take, by the way, like only two running backs last year went over 90 targets. Like exactly. Ramondre Stevenson was right there at 87, and then Leonard Fournette had 79 targets. Jesus Christ. But Christian McCaffrey Crazy. had 104 targets last year, and Eckler had the 123 craziness. But someone is emerging this year in that echelon so of pass catching running backs, Junior's and I, my money's Gibbs. in Antonio Gibson. He probably but needs I like to, to get to like realistically like roughly 80 to 90 catches. You're probably like last year was an anomaly with Eckler going for 108. The year prior, guess who it was? The year prior, who led the NF was it Lenny? No. We hate him. Great rookie season. It was fucking Najee. Najee, Harris. yeah. Oh, with the it Big Ben. Not, knew, with the Big Ben, like, I knew he caught a ton of offense. passes. But he, yeah, had he had 74 catches 74 in 2021 and 91 targets. Offs. Just dump offs. Yeah. It was literally the whole offense was dump so, offs to Najee. Yeah. He probably needs about 80 receptions. And if you do that, like, like if you look at last year, Eckler was RB1. Previous year, Najee and Eckler were RB2 and 3, respectively. Like, if you catch 70 to 80 balls, like it's pretty hard for you not to end up in that top five, top eight yeah. back range, especially in a PPR league. Like it's just so many free points. You're just like accruing for nothing. The price on Gibbs just seems kind of out of whack. Like you get him in the third, halfway through the third round. I get it. The Montgomery, they paid him a decent amount of money. Yeah. Montgomery's going to get a ton of touches. I get it. It's, it's more of that, like that timeshare situation, but. PPR back that ran like a sub 4-4 who was excellent in the SEC coming in with a very specific PPR role who's just going to have the burners. I just I feel like we're sleeping on yeah. Gibbs in comparison to Bijan. I I woke up one morning. I've kind of just been like not talking a ton about him all summer and then just like one day I was like I'm I'm like all in. I'm like, what happened to me? Like, I was preaching the gospel. I was preaching the Gibbs gospel for day one. I just drafted him this last weekend. I'm like, congrats, you're my RB one, and I'm confident. And I'm like, what's happened to me? This isn't. (laughs) I I didn't believe in this until like two, three weeks ago. Now I'm just like, give me all the, give me all the Gibbs shares. I love that, Keegan. Keegan. Man, I did not come with the the spicy enough takes today. This feels tame, but um, my next one, maybe the spiciest one I've had so far, but Jordan Addison, JSN, and Zay Flowers all go for 1,000 yards in their rookie seasons. (laughs) It's pretty spicy. That's That's spicy spicy as hell. Yeah, that's pretty hot. 
all three of them or like a combination no all three of them each individually have a thousand yard seasons this year jordan addison i don't need to talk about that offense they're going to pass the ball a ton i think i think it's extremely doable jsn emerges in this offense as either the two or the one by the end of it and goes for a thousand yards gino threw for 4200 yards that's i think they'll have multiple thousand yard pass catchers we just gotta hope that jsn is one of the two or if they have no, three, well, well according to my bold say, he he will be, <laughs> he, okay. will be. Yeah, he will be, so he will be. And Wait, then Zay Flowers, I think, yeah, this is my take. This is my take, and I think yeah. Zay Flowers yeah. is the not necessarily, maybe not the highest point getter, like in like just total fantasy points for Baltimore. But I think with Lamar this year and how high I am on him, it only made sense to add him to this take. Originally, I thought it was Jordan Addison and JSN. I was like. No, I think all three of these rookies go for a thousand yards in their first year. What if Jordan Addison is the clear wide receiver three in this offense behind Hawkinson, and he just has like a eight hundred yard receiving season, and Hawkinson's the one that goes off and like fully takes the Thielen role? Have we like fully priced? Well, that no, in that's yet? not my take. That's not my take. <laughs> once <laughs> again, <laughs> once again, this is my take. I didn't yeah. make the take. I didn't make the take. I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking the question, fellas. It's, There's enough yards to go around. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got a Vikings take, but I, again, I, I'll get to that in a second. I Don't love the idea of, of Zay Flowers getting over a thousand yards. I think I think that's the to, hardest one. You I think, think that's so? the hardest one for sure? No QJ here too, because it just. Did you put QJ in it for a reason or take him out? Uh, I I think the the way I think about that offense, like it's already like Mike Williams. Jordan Addison is well, of course I have that take, but Jordan Addison is the second already. Jason will emerge, I think, is the second. I think Zay, like Bateman, I'm still like I'm still drafting a ton of them, but like Odell could he's older. Like I just think those three like have a clear path, whereas QJ is like. That's a lot of competition, and they're like pretty confident in Palmer. I know you're not a fan of Palmer, Sean, but the Los Angeles not Chargers really. organization is. So we have to deal with that. Plus, every, like, there's just too many mouths to feed yeah. for QJ to make that happen. I'm not that worried about Josh Palmer, but for every, like, again, devil's advocate here, I think that the Vikings are pretty high on KJ Osborne. And really, if you look at their underlying statistics, oh, yeah, fuck that. He's KJ still second Osborne, on the depth chart. He's still KJ second. Osborne is better than Josh Palmer. So I think, and I know this sounds blasphemous here, but like we're in a situation where QJ could be the third or fourth guy on the squad, and maybe at the beginning of the year Jordan Addison is too. I hope not. We have a lot of JA shares. We we've touted yeah. him a ton this year. I think with a sleeping giant to talk about is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, what the fuck is going to happen there? Is he going to have 500 yards or is he going to go for 1,500? Because I could definitely see both happening. I just He's going off this year. The whole team's going to be going off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, To Keegan's point, like, they're going to score so many points. It is that offense in general is is going to be legit um, you're you're low-key going to need an injury for him to truly hit his ceiling though and i don't really want to root for that or dk metcalf is just being totally overdrafted and he should be in the fifth or sixth round along with tyler lockett and jsn should be later and they are all closer to each other and they all hover around a thousand yards so I don't that, know how we're going to get there, but it, it's probably like two of them just clear a thousand and the third guy is around like 800, you know, and, and they count for like 3000 yards as a whole. And then you've got, you know, you've got your wide receivers, you've got your tight ends there who count for another 1500. So bold prediction, Geno Smith's going to like be a top five quarterback this year, right? I mean, <laughs> if JSN's getting to a thousand, I feel like yeah. Geno's going to be incredible. This is a combo take. Yeah, this is a combo take. Well, sorry, I'm yeah. stepping. I'm stepping on Keegan's take here. I'm, th- this take is creating takes. It's a take that creates yeah. life. He was QB five last year. Like it feels hard for him to get back there, but it's not crazy. I think like Talking and DK Keegan. both went for a thousand last year. Gino yeah. threw for 4,200. Offense remains the same. All they did was add like, an incredible yeah, talent. O-line's older, too, now. They had a really talented young offensive line. Their O-line's supposed to be better. Their defense is so-so. They're going to play in a lot of shootouts. They play the Rams and Cardinals. That's pretty uh, sweet. That's four. could get 1,000 in four games. <laughs> I mean, he went for 300 against, uh, against Utah. That's so, so sweet. Um, I've got a hot take. This one's pretty pretty hot. 
here. I I think the one hundred and one is a terrible pick this year, and I don't think anyone that drafts Justin Jefferson is is going to win their fantasy leagues. You better take I, that back, right? I, I don't. I don't really. Th- <laughs> I I think the people drafting at the end who are going to oh, get look Paul, at me. I'm so cool. And Chubb and Amon Ross St. Brown and all those guys. I feel like that end of the draft or the middle is going to win people leagues, and not Justin Jefferson at the one hundred and one. And if you look at his 101 season last year, he got there on one being ultra efficient and being an incredible receiver, but also he ran the most routes in the NFL by a by a like a mile. I saw this crazy stat from Scott Barrett. If Tyreek Hill ran the same amount of routes that Justin Jefferson ran last year, he would have had 400 more receiving yards than Justin Jefferson had last year. So I know that Jefferson only scored nine touchdowns. Given how many yards he had, he probably should have scored like 12. So maybe he might have positive touchdown regression. But the Vikings could just run less plays this season, have a better defense, and they might not be in the game scripts that they were in last year. And all of a sudden, Justin Jefferson's having a phenomenal year, but he's not your 101 good. And you wish you had drafted a stud running back. So I know that sounds kind of crazy and blasphemous. We all love Jettis. I love Jettis. Come on. You know... I love Justin Jefferson. I, I, he took me to a championship last year, so it's it's much respect. However, I don't think the one on that great of a pick this year. Leave it at that. That's yeah, my fair. that's my scorching hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, I just drafted there this weekend. I feel pretty good, so I hope you're wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> but I but to your point, I I have I've been loving the end of the draft as well. Um, the Nick Chubbs, the Tony Pollards the Garrett Wilson's it's like you've got a bit more flexibility and there's just not as much pressure. Like the one, one also like rarely lives up to the price. Like like he's got to have like another, just like insanely efficient season to pay off in price. Um, I think he's still probably a lock to be, you know, a top five player in fantasy, but being the one, one again is it's tricky. It's tricky. All right. I've, I've got one speaking about one ones. This is a guy who, for the record, I wrote this down before some news went down today. Um, so I got ahead of this one. I was ahead of this one. <laughs> Darren Waller will be the tight end one in fantasy football this year. Yeah, I'm on board Darren, with that. That doesn't even feel spicy Darren, to me. It kind of feels I, pretty spicy. I think because he's saying he's going to leapfrog. Not only is he going to leapfrog Kelsey, he's going to Andrews leapfrog and Kelsey. Andrews. That's, I think that's, I, that's we've talked about this though on the pod this like summer. Like we've talked yeah. about when we did our tight end tier episodes, that's like Mark Andrews is his own tier. And there's another tier of people who could like potentially be in Mark yeah. Andrews or Kelsey. It's tier. a fat and jump. And Darren's in there. The Andrews and Kelsey jump is, is quite extreme though, given their volume. But yeah, I think he's going to see that similar volume this year. Like if he doesn't lead that offense in targets, I'd be genuinely surprised. Like there's no reason why, you know Isaiah Hodgins or how dare you, know, you? Da- like da- <laughs> you better take that back right now <laughs> yeah it's just like and he's been a tight end two he's been a tight end three you know it's been it's been two years um since he's been there but Darren Waller is going to be healthy and he's going to be your tight end one and you probably got him in the what sixth round and you're uh pretty stoked about it so he's leapfrogging Kelsey he's leapfrogging Andrews he's leapfrogging Kyle Pitts I would, I would even say he's behind Kyle Pitts, man. <laughs> yeah. I did that just to get the yeah. reaction out of, out of you two. Um, okay, so that I, I like it. It's it's hot in the sense like it seems less hot now that we know that uh, Kelsey's going to miss some Same. time with the hyperextension. But recording this, uh, this is what, Tuesday evening? This is going to drop Wednesday morning, yep. right? So we got the news today, so it's a little bit less hot. Yeah. However... Hey, um, wait, he cleared the he cleared the air. He 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 wrote this down he before did. the news. He so. did. Yeah, I think the Integrity. Andrews injury has been really weird too. Like, they're like he's fine, but we're not telling you what it is, even though he's missed the last two weeks. It's like, what? What do you not mean? Ideal. What's going I've, on? I, I've it sounds like he's fine. Of Mark Andrews yeah. over the the past week, uh, but he yeah. he's supposed to practice. So I I think, I think both of them too. can can duke it out because I think they are going to be the number ones. But in terms of target competition for Darren Waller, it's basically non-existent. I, it's similar to Kelsey. Yeah, it's just like a lot of complementary pieces in that offense, and he's the true alpha there. So you, 
he's played 11 games over the past two seasons. It's not like when he's played in those 11 games, he hasn't been good. Like, he's still a good player. It's just yep. mostly been an injury thing. I think there was a vibes thing that was a little bit off with the with for, in Las Vegas. For sure. Too. It was a sudden quit to a degree, potentially. <laughs> yeah, getting, his hamstring was just, he got that contract, and then it was just like, I ain't playing for you, dog. Um, I'm good. I, I think it's setting up quite nicely. We've been in on the Giants literally all off for season, sure. so I, I like that. Keegan, what's your uh, your next take here? Sticking on the tight end and the rookie trend, I'd like to go back to the Lions well. Yes. And talk about how Sam Laporta will be second on the team in targets, eclipse 100 targets on the year, and will finish as a top five fantasy tight end on the year, being the first rookie tight end to do so since Evan Ingram did in 2017. Wow. So he outscores uh, Kincaid. Oh, yeah. Yo, yes. yeah. I'm, yes. I'm way beyond oh, yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. He's going to be a top five fantasy tight end this year. That is my bold take. Evan Ingram did it in 2017. Pitts in his rookie year was number six, and he was a little bit out of that range. Um, not a lot of rookies have done it. There's been a lot of rookies who have finished top yeah. 10, um, but only Evan Ingram had that top five position. And as we know, rookie fantasy tight ends are not typically where you want to go, but Jamison William out for six weeks, corpse of Marvin Jones, Amon Ross St. Brown, the only real alpha there. Don't forget Josh Reynolds. Don't forget. Well, Josh I could either. never forget Texas A&M legend Josh <laughs> Reynolds. Sorry, I apologize. I should have mentioned him, but yeah, I just think the path is pretty clear, and top five feels like it is round. The the like the position is such a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot every year, and we think yeah. this year it's going to be better. And I think it'll probably just be more of the same frustrating things. But one rookie will emerge this year, and it'll be when Sam Laporta. When you're looking at the Lions' offense. A lot of people think they're going to be good. And then you start to look in who's going to get targets. <laughs> like a lot of people are like, this offense is going to kick ass, everybody. Get ready. It's going to kick ass. You're like, okay, Amon Ra, let's pencil him for a league leading 12 targets on Jared Goff's 36 pass attempts a game. Like, where else is this going? And then you just look at where the talent is, especially the first six weeks of the year. It's like, how is Sam Laporta not seeing four to five targets a game to start? Right, he earned yep. this rookie. He earned this starting tight end job really quickly. Like, it was what do quick. we know from this Dan Campbell coaching staff? They wouldn't even put DeAndre Swift on the field, even if it meant winning more football games, because they didn't really vibe with him. Like, you got to earn the trust of Dan Campbell and and this coaching staff. He did that in OTAs. He earned the starting job. He's had it since then. And like I, I, when we previewed tight ends, I, I loved him. He's he he was the best player in the worst offense in football with the in Iowa. And the guy was just a force tackle baby Kittle machine. Like he 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 looked like somebody who could be really special in the next level. So I Dude. love that. I think he's my favorite rookie tight end out of the bunch. They loved their By tight far. ends last year. Shane Zilstra, if I'm looking at this right, caught four touchdowns last year. Brock Wright caught four touchdowns there at the tight is. end position last year. Dude, eight touchdowns between those two? Are you telling me Sam Laporta can't come in and absolutely dominate and potentially finish top five at the tight end position? I'm all in. Appreciate sure the choir here. Aiden, yeah. what's your uh, next take? I'm in. Um, this is kind of just like a little, like, <laughs> It's not even that hot. Um, you laughed before you said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, it's really not like it was just one of the ones I just started rapid firing. Um, this is a guy that like we all love. It's it, it really wouldn't be that surprising. But Tony Pollard's going to lead the league in scrimmage yards this year. Uh, oh, yeah. Boom. RB1. Tony Pollard, my take. Tony Pollard scores 20 total touchdowns this year. He goes full, yeah, he goes so it's full like, Austin Eckler. Full Austin I, Eckler. Yeah. Because I think Eckler is going to take a bit of a step back, obviously, in the receiving game. And Tony Pollard's receiving volume probably stays about the same, but he's going to see more volume on the ground. Um, 150 vacated touches so I think, like, without Zeke. It's, it's, it's really not at all, but it's like it's just going to happen. Like Tony Pollard's going to fucking explode this year. And to our point earlier, you probably got him somewhere in the 12 to 15 range with an elite wide receiver, and you are buzzing. Like you are absolutely dominating your league, assuming you hit some of your, you know, round three to six, round three to eight picks. So Tony P, RV1, give it to me. I love that. Uh, the Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler comps are. 
it's very too easy. It's very comparable. It's uh, and easy. it goes right into my Dak has a better season than Justin Herbert. Uh, Cowboys offense explodes. The case for Tony Pollard is uh, the guy on a per-touch basis is incredible. There's literally no one behind him. The Cowboys have a great offensive infrastructure. Uh, he's a great pass catcher. He's explosive. He scores touchdowns. He, he, basically, if he gets the goal line work for the first time in his career this year, he is going to go nuclear. Like truly sure. nuclear. Um, it, it just seems like he, he's destined for that. I, yep. I, I got um, Tony Pollard in the second round. I was drafting at the one hundred and five, and he made it back to me after I took Tyree Kill. So I had in a Tyree, twelve team. Yeah, Tyree Tony Pollard starts. So what's that? The what the 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 nineteenth spot? Yeah, nineteenth twentieth spot. Yeah, it's the That'd second be, time in, in two, this week that he made it back. That's Yo Play Central right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I've got one here that is absurdly hot. I think that the 2022 QB class, right? So Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell. I was going to say, don't forget Sam Howell. On a point-per-game basis, will outscore the 2021 class, which is, of course, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. On a per-game basis. Are you talking like total? Their average, when you add up all their all, when you add up all their points, divide the by four all the of games them. they play. Yeah, the four of them on like their average total. So not a cumulative, right? Because four versus three, they will average. The four of them will average more points per game than the twenty twenty one historic QB class. That's wow. crazy. But honestly, not that crazy because I'm not expecting <laughs> it. But I'm not expecting anything from Mac Jones. So it's like <laughs> Justin Fields need like. The, both of those guys probably need to be like top five, or the twenty twenty two class needs to be like really bad, right? Dude, I cannot believe there are more starting quarterbacks in the NFL this season from the twenty twenty two class than the twenty twenty one class. That people is people roasted the twenty twenty two class. Yes, and Malik Willis looks great. <laughs> and like, if anything <laughs> happens to Tannehill, Willis yeah. beat out Levis. He's gonna get the job if any if Tannehill can't stay healthy. So it's just insane to think that that hodgepodge group of quarterbacks has four starting roles right now in the NFL over who, the 2021 draft. To kind of just bend your arm a little more, who's the best one? Who do you think is going to be the highest on in a point fantasy? basis? In fantasy, yes. I guess both. Oh, man. I think it's a, I think it's a tie between, um, between Brock and Kenny P. I think just purely offensive for infrastructure. fantasy or yeah for fantasy for fantasy yeah for uh, purely offensive infrastructure like those guys have a ton of weapons. I mean it, it'd be kind of hard for Brock not to outscore those guys, right? Like if everything hits, he's got just a death star I'm, behind him. I, like I think I'm going Sam. You're just going cause Sam because the I rushing. He, yeah, because the rushing. Okay, so you and just I, think he and, hero balls it. I also think you could argue like his weapons aren't far off or even. You know, the O line's an issue. The O line's yeah. an issue with Sam Al. But again, the scrambling kind of plays into that. They have a deep, good run game. Who yeah. knows what the play calling? I who knows whoever able like if they run a super fast offense. Because if you saw in the preseason, the, the the Steelers were running a super fast offense. So if the Steelers get a ton of plays off, dude, I think Kenny Pickett could easily clear it. He looked pretty sharp. I'm not gonna oh, lie. He looked really sharp. Of this QB class, I, you know, I had to include some Sam Howell love in here. Sam Howell outscores Deshaun oh, Watson in total points and has a higher points per game in fantasy this year. Whoa, I love it. I I love that. <laughs> no one is taking Deshaun Watson in these drafts. I've had two drafts this week, and this man just slides like the 13th round. No one wants a deviant. I'm like proud of my friends for yeah. not taking him early. Like this it just like pretty... feels like a misdemeanor, even like looking at him. I'm like, I don't want him near my team. It like this should be illegal having him on my roster. I and also same... have a. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say Sean because no, you're no, speaking about the 2022 quarterbacks. I do it, do it. I have something for you. I wasn't going to bring this up, but then you brought up Brock. I think Brock starts less than nine games this year. You're stealing this from the ringer, guys. Like, no, I said, dude, I, t- I literally tweeted this out. I literally tweeted this is, out like a couple days ago. I think is Sam, this, this is not stolen from them. I, I I put this out there into the atmosphere. I think it was uh, Trill, Trill Withers. Because yeah, yeah. it was about Sam. So this is because he's benched, not injured, correct? Or, or 
Or could it okay, be so, okay? So this was the this was Danny Heifetz's exact take on the Ringer Fantasy Podcast. He said that Brock Purdy will straight up get benched, and Sam Darnold will lead the 49ers to a Super Bowl. That was his hot take. That he oh had. no, I, I'm not. I'm not that far. I just I think Kyle Kyle Shanahan just like I think he'll get it's over Brock. How dare you? How he could just be Nick Mullins. He could be Nick Mullins, he or could. he's Steve Young. I don't know what he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's big cock brock baby so i think they, they really we, do love him that, that would be like maybe the a scorching scorching hot thing yeah. um i also covered the tony pollard scores 20 touchdowns with you guys because i know aiden brought up his take my last one is this is actually this is after the kelsey so it's probably not that bold but i think sky Moore is going to be the kansas city wide receiver one lead in points oh, yeah. ppr over points kelsey. Per game correct Oh what? Whoa. Oh fuck no. No. No, that is so how is this not in your like spiciest takes? That's crazy. I think someone else is gonna outscore Kelsey in that offense. Oh I've been wow, seeing my... a lot of people like bold taking like oh MBS will like be their wide receiver one ball. I think Sky Moore it will be their leading fantasy pass catcher this year. Holy shit, Keegan. That's the, crazy. The boldest take, the boldest take is Kadarius Tony, Undertaker music comes back yeah. from the dead and is just absurd this year. That's the boldest take, right? Is Kadarius Tony is the one who goes absolutely nuclear yeah. in this offense after missing out the offseason. I don't think it'll happen, but Sky Moore. Wow, I love that, dude. What if the Chiefs aren't that good this year? Okay. What if, <laughs> guys? What, it's Patrick what if, Mahomes. I know, but like. You know, missing Kelsey, there there's no the Chris the Jones. I mean, you're talking about somebody who has a lot of Patrick Mahomes, right? So I, I do not want this to happen. But what if this is like the toughest year Mahomes has had because of his Then he wins 12 games weapons. instead of 14, and they still fucking <laughs> sweep through the AFC. <laughs> it's, yeah, but define yeah, tough like, for Patrick yeah, right? Mahomes. Like, oh, I got, a, I got another one. Kevin Stefanski, first coach fired. Yeah, that's, that's easy great. for me. Yeah. You you don't think like, it's because everyone's saying they're going to be a twelve win team. Like take them to yeah. win the North, and I'm that's like, why I'm, I'm not seeing it. Like, are you seeing it? Yeah, I pumped my brakes on them pretty hard. I've been saying that the Vikings will be shittier as well. You mean the, the Browns? Or, sorry, the Browns. Sorry, yeah, yeah, the Browns. Stefanski with the Vikings connection. I know. Right? Because, but that the expectations then, and the fact that they gave Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract. If it comes out and like the offense looks bad, they'll just fire Stefanski and find a head coach that'll yeah. work well with Watson, right? Like th- that. Because probably... the rest of the division figures to be really good too. So if they come out of the gate like very slow to start with, yeah, I think like he's the scapegoat probably because you can't like you can't bench Deshaun like. No, you can't. Like, you gave who else is the fall guy? Man, contract. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you said this. I went when I was writing out my takes. I was like, uh, DTR to start at least three games at quarterback. More, I had more. I deleted it. I deleted He's it. gonna have to like, get hurt. No, the best would be hurt. if Watson gets hurt and then DTR comes in and DTR is just way better. That would be hilarious. Be so freaking oh, cool. That'd be so I, I was typing it out and I was like, oh, like because everything you just said, Sean, like the money, the contract, how much they owe him. Like if anything were to change, it would not be Deshaun. But I was writing it out. I was like, DTR to start at least three games. I'm like, no, this is wrong. I, I can't do this. Their their offensive line is a wagon. Cooper's great. We all like more and Joku's sick. Like DPJ is a good receiver. Like everything makes sense. They have That's Nick Chubb. Wild. They have Nick fucking Chubb. But like, what if Watson just stinks? Then like they're not. They can't let go of Watson. They fully guaranteed this guy. So it's they're gonna have to figure out a coordinator that can quote unquote fix him. You know, this um, is good. Any more? Let's let's rapid fire. What else, what else do we got? What do you guys got in the chamber? I've got one. I'm ready. Um, Bijan Robinson has the greatest rookie season of all time. <laughs> Yes. That's so counterintuitive to your Jameer Gibbs take, though. <laughs> no, but this is we're in the deranged segment, right? Like, okay, so I could not make up my mind on this Falcons team, and I think we should talk about this Falcons team because something spicy is going to happen here because this could be one of the best offenses in football. Desmond Ritter might actually be decent, and Bijan Robinson might get the King Henry like, treatment. Mm. <laughs> but, like, no, but, again, just – Think about it, Holler. Like, just just open up a world of possibilities where, like, Desmond Ritter is a competent, average NFL quarterback. 
in that situation, how good do we think this Falcons offense is? Because I think this Falcons offense would be really fucking good Very if good. he's like even decent. So, I don't think he is though, which is my hardest part here. That's fair, right? Because he played four games, and in those four games, he threw two touchdowns, and it was like watching it was pretty your, ugly. It was like watching your kid ride like a bike with training wheels, right? That's kind of yeah. felt like what it felt like. I was like, eh, is he gonna make? But it? even we- if he's not average, like Bijan can still have an RB one season. I just think the fade on Bijan has been fair because Arthur Smith has hurt us so much, right? It's hard to trust him. Yeah, but at the like same that. time, like they did draft him seventh overall. But this, you know, seeing Cordero Patterson show up as the Joker. Did you see that? The How they released their that? starting lineup and they what had What was that? They're ch- he's a troll. He's trolling us. What he's if trolling. like Cordero and Tyler Algier are super involved? And it's that like a three way disaster. Oh my god! I'd be financially ruined. I'd be. Financially I think it's ruined. more likely that they have two a thousand yard rushers than it is that Bijan has the greatest rookie fantasy season of all time. At the same time, what if Algier gets hurt and it's just like the Bijan show, just volume like, time, twenty and touches it's just, a game, yeah. and it, or it's like Arthur Smith's coaching for his job, and it's like we're just gonna fucking get vertical with Bijan Robinson. Like it's if Algier goes down, they're calling Leonard Fournette right away. Arthur Smith will not let us have this. You know he won't let us have this. I, he wouldn't let us have Kyle Pitts. I okay, so I was looking at Kyle Pitts stats, and it was like. Best yards per route run when he's out wide of any tight end. Best yards per route run when he's in line or like six best. He's like pretty decent yards per route run when he's in the slot. And then you just understand that all of his targets were like deep shots. It's like, can we just get Kyle Pitts some screens? Can we run him on some really easy routes and see what he can do with the ball in his hands? Like, they why do we make so this stupid? It's well, they so just, stupid. It's just deep them. shots. It's like it's amazing because it's like what tight end is getting deep shots? Like that's incredible if you could connect on those. But at the Terrible. same time, like, can we make this easy on Kyle Pitts? Like, I know that we're kind of Fourier. This isn't even a bold prediction. This is just a therapy session for for Kyle <laughs> Pitts drafters. But it's a safe like, space always. I guess no, what not. would be a because the Falcons are such an enigma. Because if you figure this offense out, I feel like it has a league winning upside. Who do you think scores the most fantasy points in this offense as a skill position player? Bijan. Bijan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bijan. PPR. We know. How do we feel about Drake London? Dude, you you would need. No, I don't think they're the going to pass the biggest season in the world yeah. from Drake London to to pass Bijan. You need it from Desmond Ritter because I don't think the volume's going to be that high passing wise. Because for these guys to hit home, it feels Desmond like this Ritter's offense needs to score touchdowns and a lot of them. Because what's the volume going to look like? You know, that's that's the issue. I think that especially Pitts and 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 London though. I think they they especially need to score touchdowns. Bijan is going to get a volume on the ground and short shit. Where I think he's not as touchdown needy, but we'll need it as well. Like probably needs Pitts and London could be some of the most annoying fantasy starts the entire year i know how good london is that he demands targets because he is so so good but if desmond ritter only throws the ball 19 times a game 22 times a game that's just not volume where you can walk in every week and be like all right drake london you're starting and you're gonna get me 17 18 points every week like it could be really really frustrating with the falcons this year who passes more bears or falcons bears Ooh, that's a good question. Design passes or actual passes? <laughs> <laughs> like drop more it drop because more yeah, Fields attempts. is Fields is just gonna say fuck it. I'm taking this yeah. one to the house. <laughs> more dropbacks or passing attempts? Yeah, let's go I, pass attempts to make it more fair. Um, I still think the Bears. Ooh. Who, who who passes the ball? Who who do you think leads the league? And like who has the least amount of pass attempts? I think I have my answer, and I don't think the it's least of amount teams. of pass attempts. Yeah, Ooh. I think it's the Col- I think it's the Colts. Yeah, it has to be. I think the Colts are gonna. I don't think they're gonna pass the ball. That Anthony much. Richardson might run the ball 150 times this year. It's going to be a lot of opportunities. They've already got the three-way committee. I just think that offense is built to run the ball. I, a, a sleeper, too. I don't think the the Texans are going to toss the rock that much this I, year, either. I think the Cardinals are also a sleeper pick. They're just like, just pound James Conner into the ground and just like professionally tank. 
Just the offense that no one's asking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's the how can we touch his can we get James Conner? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, jeez. I yeah. I don't, I don't. That's that offense is an enigma because we just don't know how they're gonna play. I think no. that the. I think the, I think the, the Panthers, one. the Panthers too. Oh God, these rookie quarterbacks. Which which rookie quarterback do we think throws the most passing touchdowns this season? Stroud. 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 I don't want to say it, but I bet it's going to be Bryce Young. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> Well, <laughs> wow, you got AOC. Jesus, Aiden O'Connell is going to lead this. Uh, this that'd be that's a great hot take. Oh my god, that's my take. Aiden O'Connell leads all these rookies in fantasy points this season. When Jimmy G ine- inevitably sprains his ankle in week three, because that's book it. That's that's for sure happening. AOC is good for the culture. That is crazy. Ah, wow. The more we think about it, the less we know. I'll tell you that. Again, I can't believe we're in We're going to get like maybe 10% off. of these right, but we are going to victory lap the shit out of it. It's going to be yourself. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already locked Mike Williams in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to 100% on these. What do you mean? I've seen the so future. Regular season schedule. We're going to be coming to you, I believe, three times a week. We're We're still figuring this out, but... We'll have waiver wire, we'll have start, sit, and we'll have recaps. So we, last year we combined recaps and waiver wire. We're still figuring out that schedule. This week we'll probably be recording Thursday night, so we'll be getting to you after the uh, kickoff, and we'll be going through some of our favorite matchups of the week. It's kind of like throwing, uh, throwing. Oh, I don't even know. It's like throwing dice on like week one matchups. It's hard to know for certain which defenses are truly good, which offenses are truly good. We'll take our best guess on terms of, Who's going to go crazy in, in some of our favorite bets heading into week one? But, guys, before we jump, anything we say to the uh, viewers and listeners at home? Now is a perfect time to subscribe, to turn on your YouTube notifications, to follow us on Twitter. Make sure you buy some milk and cookies and leave it out for Scott Hansen at 9.30 a.m. Well, before he stops into your living room. Say I just got name. chills. Do not... I repeat, do not take anything away from this Sunday. Sit on the couch, enjoy eight hours of commercial-free football with Scott. Try out the Octobox. Tinker your lineups. Get the group chat going. We are back. Yeah, if you haven't rotated out who you're playing in your flex three times already this week, you're not living life right. Come on. Like, well, that's that's a decision. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a rite of passage. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time.